Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran out here at Dove Valley and uh, preparing for the Bills on Sunday and some injury updates as the Broncos are a little banged up right now. Yeah, I think they're taking it easy. It's that time of year. I mean, we're talking Thursday. A couple of guys aren't going to practice on Wednesday. No Reisner, no McGovern, no Leary, no James. Four-fifths of your offensive line. My lean is that McGovern, Leary, and Reisner will be ready to go. Vic Banjo sort of intimated that. Juwan James, you just don't know. He hasn't gone through a full practice yet. I don't um, think he's playing. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I think they want to maybe take a different approach with this because the first one didn't work. He got hurt again right away. So, you know, the other injury is Andy Janovich. They put him on IR, so that moves Andrew Beck to fullback. You know, Beck claimed off waivers, played the first couple of games at fullback. Did well enough to where the Broncos say, hey, we're just going to put you back there. They signed Orson Charles to be a reserve tight end. So, you know, uh, you know the injury list at this time of year is going to grow. Demarcus Walker with the shoulder, he has missed uh, two straight games. He says he's feeling a lot better, but they've gotten a little bit of production out of Adam Gatsas, so maybe it allows them to be a more conservative with Walker, maybe give him another week. So one guy that was injured but came back last week and was a big part of the game plan was Tim Patrick. You were writing about him in Friday's Denver Post. What were some of your takeaways about Timbo? Well, you know, as Philip Lindsay said, this guy is cut from different cloth. And uh, you see that almost in the way he interacts with the media. Like, he's not going to want to give you the juicy quote. He's, he's a guy who wants to let his play do the talking. And he's had to scrap to get to this point. I mean, he was a star uh, at his high school in San Diego, California. Then, due to grades and a bunch of other life issues, went to uh, Grossmount College, a JUCO, scrapped his way in, in the classroom to get eligible to Utah, Broke his leg there, significant injury setback, and then, of course, uh, got cut and has had some adversity at the professional level, too. But now, finding a huge opportunity here with the Broncos, and uh, definitely the the 1B option it's looking like, even after just one game, to Cortland Sutton. Uh, and Rich Scangrello said, hey, you know, his, his potential is huge. Philip Lindsay, also another quote from him, we were a little sad when he went down uh, because with earlier in the season with a broken hand because that was, it was kind of a fluke injury, and, and everyone on the offense, everyone in the room knew what Tim Patrick is capable of. Yeah, I remember talking to Tim after that Oakland game, and I was like, okay, what happened? He said he was playing special teams, and he sort of slipped on the turf and landed hand first, and he broke it, so I had to go on IR. With his presence, and we sort of joke his legend grew in his absence. Uh, but it did. <laughs> but when you trade Sanders, it was Cortland Sutton and then everybody else. Deshaun Hamilton, yeah. Fred Brown, et cetera. Yeah, and weren't getting a lot of production out of them. I mean, Deshaun played 42 stamps against Minnesota, wasn't targeted. So I think one of the takeaways from the Minnesota game is this offense is going to go through Cortland Sutton in the passing game. It's going to go through Noah Fant. That's a good thing if you're a Bronco fan. You want to see if these guys can handle that responsibility. And I think this is a big week for, big week for, for Patrick because the Bills are going to watch the Viking tape. They're going to say, okay, let's give him, let's give Sutton some more attention with the safety up top. Definitely double him in the red zone. So that means Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Deshaun Hamilton. They got to take advantage of that man coverage and you know solve some of these red zone issues that have really haunted the Broncos uh, throughout the year. And you know on the on the uh, Fant front, you know he got involved in the passing game. He also got involved with stuff in the backfield, which is not working. No, it was it, going in reverse yeah. there. And you asked Scangarello about that. Yeah, and I, and I said, Rich, I said, take us through that. And you know he said the shovel pass. There's a different defensive end in. 
he played it smarter than the film would show the other guy did. And on that third down, third and one carry, uh, which was doomed from the start, he basically said, that's a bad call. Because those are the ones you have back. And here's why I thought it was a bad call, is when Fant got the pitch from Brandon Allen, he was eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. You're only, I mean, now it's a third and nine, not a third and one. Two guys were coming at him. Andrew Beck tried to block one of them. And really, that was a turning point in the game because the Broncos went three and out when their defense had just been on the field for 18 plays. So I think you see in this offense evolving. And, you know, what should encourage Bronco fans is that they emptied the kitchen cabinet against Minnesota. Look for some that are the same. They know this is not an offense built to just grind it out. They want they got to take some chances. They got to throw some balls down the field. So um, flip it over to the other side. This Bronco defense, you talked about some of those guys on Monday and Tuesday. How are they going to respond to blowing a 20 to nothing lead? Yeah, and the pass defense especially, horrendous in that second half. Uh, Although the pass defense only fell to fifth ranked in the NFL from fourth. So that gives you a sense of how well they played up to the Minnesota game and how poorly they played in that game. Now, uh, you talked about it in your gamer from Minnesota, everyone taking blame in the locker room. That included the secondary Simmons saying the safety's got to be better and, you know, mastering the communication and getting everyone in the right spots. Cream Jackson taking responsibility for not being over the top enough to help Chris Harris out uh, on Stefan Diggs 54 yard touch down pass so a lot a lot of different pieces in place but they have confidence that they can rebound against buffalo and then Devonte harris has got to rebound he was benched for the last two series gave up i want to say nine completions out of 11 or 12 targets and it happens with a young player and dick pointed this out on monday young guys play too soft in coverage not because they're not tough not because they don't know what to do but you get a little gun shy you want to you know, I don't, you don't want to get beat up top. You do not want to get beat for the touchdown. You, you'd right. rather, you'd almost, like you're, the mindset is, I'd rather give up 16 yards on third and 14 than a 54-yard touchdown. That's not the right mindset to have. You've got to play aggressive. So Isaac Yadam played the last eight snaps on defense. Maybe you see a little bit more of a rotation there, but... If I'm the Broncos, I give Devontae Harris another shot. I think he will start on Sunday. Yeah, and that's what Vic said in his weekly presser. Devontae Harris will get the other will get another shot to get back in there in the starting lineup. But Isaac Yadam, he's been embattled this year. Uh, I could definitely see him getting in there, especially because, like you said, Josh Allen and Buffalo, they're definitely going to pick on Devontae after watching that Vikings tape. Yeah, and I think it's also a big game for Duke Dawson. But I talked to Isaac on Tuesday, and I said, hey, you had two chances to seize this number two job. How'd you regroup? And he said, hey, it was tough. He says he just got to get back to work. And he said he writes himself a goal before each practice. He writes three goals per week. You read about that in Friday's paper. And so he said the goal this week is not get beat over the top. Okay, but still be aggressive. So you got to play. It's like a catch-22, so to speak. And I think it's another big game for Duke Dawson as Vic pointed out on Monday he has penalties in his last five games and his penalty uh, against Minnesota was not warranted it was a a five yards downfield on third and ten as he told me he was I just got to give up the catch and push him out of bounds so you know Cole Beasley John Brown a lot of a lot of quick twitch shifty receivers who are fast on the bills so what if they line up in the slot a big matchup for Duke so if I'm if I'm Brian Dayball the Bills offensive coordinator I got a quarterback in Josh Allen starting to get it uh, coming off his best game I'd try, I'd try and challenge the secondary to see what they're made of because, you know, running against this Bronco front right now is sort of like banging your head against a co- concrete wall. 
Frank Gore still at it at age 83 or however old he is playing for the Bills. So he's anchoring their rushing attack. Josh Allen, like you said, coming off his best game of the season, the former Wyoming star. Uh, he had some some roasty remarks to say about CSU Rams uh, this week on the conference call at Denver Media. Always sucks to be a CSU Ram is what he said. Of course, he was 2-0 against them as the Wyoming quarterback. Yeah, and you know, Josh has the local hook here. You know, the Broncos, you know, researched him a lot before the draft and you know you look at Josh being a second year quarterback you know the benefit of him playing right away I mean he went through H-E-W hockey sticks and back well kids say hell on the podcast we we can't say it in the paper damn it Um, (laughs) but I've always been a believer you got to play him and does that mean Drew Locke should start right now no but you know you do what you do is compare situations and even if Brandon Allen has a good next couple games I think for the good of the franchise, you have to give Drew Locke two, three starts. I mean, if you wait till the last game, that doesn't make a lot of sense because the Raiders coming in, they may be playing for a division title. So get, I'd start him at Kansas City on the road, hometown game. Throw him into the fire. Yeah, and say, hey, go play your game. You know, you're not going to say no expectations, but you know, if we're watching at Arrowhead that day and Drew Locke throws three touchdowns and three, and three interceptions and loses by two touchdowns, you're going to say, hey, well, he survived. And that's what you got to do. And I think Josh Allen can be one of those people to look at and say, hey, you get those 1,000 reps last year. Didn't start this year great, but this team is 7-3, and three, and he's doing some good things. Hey, final thing on the First and Orange podcast, you and I both picked the upstart Broncos to – upset the bills uh, i believe bills four point favorite last i checked what gives you faith broncos are going to come through on that prediction well a couple things one is for a quarter for two and a half quarters against minnesota this bronco offense was doing a lot of good things it looked like they may have found hey challenge teams down the field which can set up the run and also you're playing philip Lindsay a lot more than royce freeman at this point i think that's a good development if you're a bronco fan and for this offense you flip it on the other side, the Bills are coming off a big division road game. They play at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Human nature is a look ahead a little bit, say three and seven Broncos at home. It should be a game. So I got the Broncos uh, playing well, their defense, accepting blame for last week's debacle, playing strong. I got them winning 27 23. I got the Broncos also winning, I believe, by a field goal. And I got Josh, uh, not Josh Allen, excuse me, Brandon Allen throwing the winning touchdown pass late to Tim Patrick as Cortland Sutton's double cover, getting the job done like they couldn't last week in Minnesota. Yeah, and while, while we're at it, we'll plug Sunday's section. Um, you know, what I'm taking a look at is they have a lot of free agents on this Bronco team who are off, off their rookie contracts, plus Chris Harris, plus Derek Wolf. So I'm saying. What's the case for keeping some of these guys? Devontae Booker and Adam Godsis, those are going to be short. You really can't keep a case because they've been passed on the depth chart. But Justin Simmons should be number one priority. Is Will Parks a priority? Is Derek Wolf? What's going to happen with Chris Harris? So we're going to start diving into that because at 3-7, and seven, let's start looking ahead. So you're going to see a lot of that in the next couple of Sundays in the paper. So pick up a copy at your local newsstand off your curb. Again, folks, First in Orange Podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, alongside myself, Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in. Be sure to head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. Until next time, folks, take it easy.